Hi there, it's Bob Waugh, and welcome to another WRNR podcast. Last month, we caught up with Grace Potter to talk about her first new album in four years, her tumultuous divorce and subsequent remarriage, having a child, and her obsession with William Shatner. The following conversation was recorded on November 13th, 2019. 1031 WRNR. I'm Bob Waugh, and I am so happy to say Grace Potter has returned. I think it's been about 10 years. It has. It's yeah. good to see you. Nice to see you as well. And Eric Valentine, or husband or producer, which yeah. title do you like well, first? Um, You're my everything. I, I like all those titles. Just, you know, all <laughs> I mainly just call him dad. So you might yeah. catch me referring to him as dad. Yeah, I call her mom. We've so. got a whole family vibe yeah. going on on the road All coming from our son's perspective now. yes who is here uh sitting yes. in the green room as we're chatting away that's right uh for this thanksgiving special on wrnr happy thanksgiving everybody grace you have released uh this new album daylight your first album in about uh over four years over four years yeah so let's start by before we get to this glorious record let's let's go back in time a little bit mm-hmm. and there was uh, a period in your life, you know, obviously this great history with the Nocturnals, mm-hmm. and then somebody somewhere along the line, you had all these, this success coming to you in different formats and, mm-hmm. and music relationships. And yeah. you signed with a new label, Hollywood Records, and I, I, I got the impression that somebody somewhere tried to perhaps remake you into mm-hmm. something that y- you weren't necessarily comfortable with is that fair um i would say it's the perception because it's the side of me that people didn't see i think there's some truth in it but um in in my experience as a young woman in vermont i wasn't encouraged to um wear makeup which i love i love that i grew up somewhere where wearing makeup and getting dolled up uh, was was really kind of frowned upon. It was like that's what the city girls do. We are we are hardworking, salt of the earth people. Um, so I would like secretly be playing dress up in my house, and I remember I used to like drape fabric over me and pretend that it was like a red carpet gown and dream of you know dream of this sort of glamorous. Um, it was somewhere between like Madonna in Desperately Seeking Susan, Punky Brewster, and. You know, Catherine Hepburn. I, I believed I could be anything I wanted to be. Um, but I, I felt like the best approach when, it, when my band started was to, to stick to the salt of the earth part of me. Um, and I think I, I may have over-engineered that a little bit because then it didn't give me the space and the bandwidth to expand and get um, more glamorous without there being some real growing pains and some reaction uh, from from the fan base and from friends and family who didn't really know that side of me. But I looked at, and, and here's something you should know about me. I think I'm doing great all the time. I have this very strange inner um, strength where no matter what place I'm at, I feel like I'm, I'm in my best life. And um, when that doesn't happen, I really have to take pause and acknowledge what's going on. But when I signed with Hollywood, I was like, yes and yes and yes to everything. I wanted to enjoy playing dress up and, and the idea of this sort of repackaging of Grace Potter that people perceived was not really what happened. Um, 
I just was given access to stores that had clothing in it that wasn't just Carhartts and mud boots. And so as much as it was perceived to be the, the shining up and, you know, sort of plastic surgery Barbie doll version of me, um, I was 100% on board and thought that it was all my idea and thought that I was doing a great job. Um, but looking back at it, I can definitely see uh, more sides to it and more and understand more about what did not serve me in that and also what people still misunderstand about me as, a, as an artist and a musician. In the wake of that experience, mm -hmm. as you look back, what is it that um, kind of drove you to the brink, to the point where you contemplated giving up music as a career? You, you didn't really do much yeah. for four years. Uh, you had some... Um, some personal issues that we'll get to we'll in a get minute. into the personal yeah, yeah. there's lots to, but to all cover. of this converging at once mm -hmm. so just to kind of give an overall snapshot or yeah. perhaps of like what that four-year period was like well at the end of the band um and when i say the end of the band it was something i didn't really know was the end when it was happening um i was really wanting to explore um what kind of artist i could be beyond the things that people wanted to hear. I got a lot of um, blowback about the album Midnight because it was so different. But what it really was, was it just wasn't the Nocturnals. It was not the band and it didn't, it didn't speak to the audience that fell in love with Grace Potter and the Nocturnals. But I was really excited to share the part of me that has been, you know, screaming and dancing to the Pointer Sisters and Donna Summer all along, you know, behind the scenes. There was definite tension in the studio um, because when I set out to make the album Midnight, this is a little over five years ago, when, when I first met Eric Valentine, it was meant to be a Nocturnals album. So we all went into the studio with the intention of um, writing and creating an amazing like here we are now, you know, masterpiece album with a really amazing record producer. Eric Valentine was someone we all knew. He had a reputation in the industry. And then I met him and was like, this guy is all kinds of wonderful. And I can just tell that this is someone I'm going to want to work with for the rest of my life. And I said that to my bandmates. And I think right then and there, there was a moment of, uh-oh. Because the band didn't always love record producers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think... We came from that do-it-yourself attitude and um, being told what to do or being put through a filter has never been a specialty of, of mine or, or any of my bandmates. I think that's why we all were so attracted to one another. Not every band has a relationship like uh, uh, George Martin. Yeah. Yes, it, so, thank you, yes. Uh, and isn't it also ironic that certain artists get credit for trying to reinvent themselves yeah. instead of making the same record over and over yeah. again? And then others don't. Yeah. And to me, you know, I've always admired those artists who at least are swinging for the fences every time and trying to, yes. you know, do the same thing in a way, but not really. You Bowie. Know? Just um, like I, Bowie has always been my... Great example. Yeah. My inspiration for that reason. And I recognize that I'm not that artist. And I think that the way I was packaged and presented to the world... Um, was coming from an older set of um, eyes. So I was signed by a guy who, um, Bob Cavallo, who 
managed the mamas and the papas and the 11 spoonful and little feet. Legend. Like a legend of a guy. Prince. I mean, this was someone who had so much experience and really um, brought so much muscle and heart and belief to me. I was going to be his swan song. He knew he was going to be retiring soon. He, f- he came and flew to Boston, wanted to take us out to dinner. We were like, nope, sorry, we got to hang out here and drink whiskey instead. And so he just came and was like, all right, you want to you go? I'm just going to come hang out with you in the green room. Smells like puke in here, by the way. But <laughs> he was so cool. Um, and I think that old school attitude really served the music that I had been making then. Um, what it didn't do was set me up in a, in a context that would allow me to expand and f- fluidly move as an artist from one place to another. I think there's certain um, methods of marketing that really bring people comfort when they see it. You know, I always say it's a Farrah Fawcett effect. I mean, how many people have that Farrah Fawcett poster on their wall with that, you know, that knit sort of blanket behind her and she's in the you know, bathing suit? And it just makes you feel warm and fuzzy and, and brings this nostalgia and this sense of place. Um, I, I kind of came out f- from that world. And then every version of me that was ever presented after that was kind of awful for, for fans to have to go through. So anyways, moving on. Enough Grace about Potter. that. Yes. Grace, Grace Potter is here with uh, Eric Valentine. No and holds barred today. Thanksgiving Day. album is, <laughs> is Daylight. You guys have a couple of guitars in your hands. Uh, if you don't mind, let's get to some music, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about this new album. Yes. It's Grace Potter on 103.1 WRNR. I don't care about pride. I don't care I want to call you. I don't care I've gone off the rails. I'm crazy falling for you. Well, I promised him I would never stray, but I'm thinking about you every day. Now I'm standing here outside your door. I just can't fight this anymore. Love is love. It takes a hold. It'll change your life. Make you lose control. You can't explain the things it does But hearts are hearts and love is love I never said I was a saint I never said I'd be his savior I'll never say I didn't try to fight against my human nature So let the past and future fall away I will worship these wounds every day The cuts that bleed from my mistakes Couldn't keep my heart from giving way Love is love takes a hold it'll change your life make you lose control you can't explain the things it does but hearts are hearts and love is love 
Something about you lets me know I'm human. I'm flesh and blood, and love is a lie. And it takes a hold. It'll change your life, make you lose control. So let it shine, shine like stars above. His heart's a heart. Love is love, hearts are hearts, and love is love. Grace Potter with Eric Valentine live on WRNR. Love is love, you know it, you've heard it on RNR from this new album, Daylight. Now, Grace, I actually am I'm just going to read a couple of lines that come from this uh publicity sheet that accompanied the release of this album because it it really so succinctly describes what's been going on with you. Having endured a painful divorce and the breakup of her band, as well as a far more joyful events like a new marriage and the birth of her first child, Grace Potter reached for daylight and delivered a commanding statement of power and purpose. And to that, I would add incredible candor and honesty because... Mm -hmm. You know, the other part of what you said was these songs were written so that I could process and be accountable for my own life experience. You had just pulled the ripcord on your life, so to mm -hmm. speak. It was a jarring experience. And then you said, but the last thing I wanted to do was tell the whole world. Mm -hmm. And to me, when we go through these personal moments that are difficult, and mm -hmm. we sometimes keep journals or we... Or we, we 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 get by by you know writing it all down at least with the comfort that well no one will ever see this yes, except for me. It's for you. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious is is that because you put the guitar down for a long time yeah and then eventually you started writing songs mm -hmm. and you started recording and yet you say you didn't really have any intentions no. of sharing it. At what point? Did you get comfortable with that idea of, I'm going to put this out into the world and everybody's going to talk to me about it? I, I'm still not sure what happened. I don't know how <laughs> this all is out on after the... No, I, um, I, I think actually Eric maybe remembers this better than I do, what, what the exact window of time was. But it, it did come with wanting to create a life and a family and a, and a lifestyle that was um, sustainable because uh, at that point, we, we were in court a lot. There was a lot um, going, going on with our, our separations and divorces and band breakups. And we, we really went through the ringer. And I was just very, um, I, 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 I don't like the word jaded because I'm so inspired by the things that, trans, that transpired out of it. Um, and I, I'm not afraid of it now because it, I think we went through some of the, the craziest stuff, but I think it might've been anger first that made me be mm -hmm. like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not going to be silent about this anymore. I have so much to say. I have so many feelings um, that I really, I want to scream from the mountaintop, but the court process made it impossible to do that. Um, there's a lot of, 
confidentiality clauses and things like that. So isn't it awesome that I'm an artist and that, uh, that I get to express things that are true to me but don't need to be true to, you know, the judge and jury? Um, so, so maybe Eric can pick up and actually talk about the linear process of that. Because I, I, <laughs> I remember things the way they feel. Eric can re- recall things the way they actually happened, factually. <laughs> yeah, well, the one thing I remember is that when we really started talking seriously about having a family, mm-hmm. um, we, we had a very real conversation about, like, how is this really going to work, you know? Because um, we're, we're both artists. We, you know, do creative things in our life. And, and you know, uh, my career, when I'm doing my thing, I'm just, I disappear into a studio for, like, five months. Yeah, record producers and, are vampires. Yeah, and at least the way I do it. And, and so the prospect of having a new baby and me just being gone, like, all the time just didn't make sense at all. Yeah. And, and so when we really talked through it, it made more sense, like, the, the career that Grace has would allow our family to stay together and, uh, and move forward, you know, and, and be able to provide for ourselves and have a, a place to live and have food and all of that stuff. Yeah. And so it made more sense for her to be able to continue, and I would back away and be available to help, you know, take care of our son and stuff and, and support her doing her thing because we can stay together you know and so that was one of the beginnings of like well maybe it really does make sense you know for you to continue let's make another record and um i'm also way younger than you too that's true i'm super (laughs) way younger than you and and more healthy too you got a lot of a lot of good years years. (laughs) i don't know not as many miles on the chassis i was gonna say though the ticker the, (laughs) the ticker on the odometer is way different it's like when you get closer to the the um event horizon of a black hole time kind of speeds up for the person that's going into the black hole, I think living on the road is very much like yeah, that. I think those are some harder miles than I've lo- logged. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've, I've logged a few hard miles there. But he he's right about that. But I think even then, even after a logical, linear conversation like that, where mm-hmm. we could sort of looked at it from the facts and said, what, how is this going to work? I was still like, yeah, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to do anything. No one's going to tell me what to do. Yeah. And it was, I remember the day that I rented the songwriting space. And yeah. that was a big catalyst for me because I really wanted a space to create that was for me. And I, I, it was just a big, beautiful white room. It was an architect firm that had like a sort of a little plaza and they had all, there was a little newspaper that ran out of there. This is in Topanga Canyon where we, where we live. There's a newspaper, a pottery person, an architect, a fashion designer, and then my studio. And we, we brought my piano in there and I never even did anything other, didn't decorate it, just put a rug on the floor, a chair, a piano, and a power strip. And that was it. And I would go there and just sit with it. Sit with, does music actually stir my soul? Does this bring me joy? If I feel like I'm going to work and and punching in every day, then I should just figure out a different career. And I really did consider it. I really thought through what I would do. And yeah, we know. definitely had conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, there were there were times when we would start to you know engage back into it and start working on songs and stuff. And there'd be some pushback, and and she's just like, I don't, I just don't know that I, I want to do this anymore. Yeah. And I would always tell her, 
you don't have to do anything that you yeah. don't want to do. I'll, the only thing I want for her is to be truly happy and have a joyful life. And, and if that means doing something else, then that's what it should be. Yeah. And I also knew that it would never work to get back into music unless she really wanted it. And so she, you know, she, Eric, that is incredibly supportive. And we're going to speak like Grace is in the, even in the room yeah. right now. But, you know, for a lot of people, they wouldn't be comfortable with that because she is obviously so incredibly gifted. Mm-hmm. And that's rare. And so to support and endorse the notion of, honey, you want to walk away from this? That's fine. Yeah. yeah. I was just angry. I was angry at the muse. I, I also went through, this was an interesting observation that, at, uh, again, comes from hanging out with someone like Eric who's, who observes everything about an artist. They re- he really pulls in all aspects of what the artist has to offer and also considers what their fans might want. And he went back, way back, to not just my fans, but my family. We found a video of me when I was like four or five years old singing with my cousins around Christmas time. And all the kids were like, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. And I was, you know, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way, do, 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 you know, very musical and feeling it. And the rest of the kids were just being kids. Um, but then I'm not sure if it was my uncle or my father, somebody in, in the video was like, come on, Gracie, now you just sing by yourself. Mm -hmm. Basically like kids are, the kids are out of tune. You sing. Yeah. And I said, no, no, I don't want to. And I got really shy. And you said, I want a popsicle. I want a popsicle. (laughs) And he said, I'll give you a popsicle if you sing. If you sing. And it's kind of stuck with me because... I associate music with being loved. And that, or that that's your currency that in that's life. That's my currency. That yeah. acceptance and love, as a middle child, I think a middle child is always the seeker for yeah. um, where do I actually belong in <laughs> yeah, this? Yeah, teeter tottering around with all these emotions and powerful personalities in a family. Um, my place was as the, the songbird and the entertainer and, and, I've never not been that. So I wasn't comfortable with that. I, I was, it sort of made me sad. It kind of broke my heart that, that I had never explored the other things that I had been passionate about. Like I loved math and science when I was a kid, but I didn't test well at it. And so it, it, just be, it wasn't even discussed. It was like, well, obviously, we'll just put her in the music program instead. You know. Grace Potter is with us. I'm Bob Waugh on WRNR. I think the setup for this next track, um, <clears throat> Release, is a song that you, uh, you're, you're going to grace us with in a moment, um, if you excuse the pun. Um, but, you know, some people go through breakups after relationships, and, and they aspire to that conscious uncoupling uh, concept, mm-hmm. a la Gwyneth Paltrow and, and Chris, Chris Martin. Martin. And, and that works for some people. And, but for others... It works on paper. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, having been through a divorce myself mm-hmm. recently, I, I can attest. Yes. You know, um, when you're with someone for an extended period of time, it's just not that easy. No. Um, and there's a lot of baggage. But if you can ever arrive at a place, which you eventually did, yeah. um, you know, it's a beautiful thing. So if you don't mind, I, I think I just provided the, the introduction. You really did. You just summed it up. <laughs> and I think it does, uh, the fact that you've been through 
something very similar to what we've been through, it really empowers me to feel like this, this music is, it has a home. It lands in people's hearts who, who need healing, who want healing, who are waiting to hear a voice speak to them. And it's, it's so incredible to, to be able to share this music having gone through it, um, but also to recognize that it's not just my story. This is, this is so many people's story. This is Grace Potter on WRNR with Release. I know that I caused this pain I know you can't let me Crying in the midnight rain Waiting on a miracle I, I release you Though it's hard to say the words And I I release you from holding on to the bridge I burned. I release you from the darkness, from the love that swore was true. I hope that the sun will shine again and you'll Never change my heart after being where it's been. Mm, I, I release you, though it's hard to say the words, and I. I release you from the darkness, from the love that we swore was true. Oh, I hope that someday the sun will shine again and you'll release me.
1031 WRNR, Grace Potter and Eric Valentine live in the studio on this Thanksgiving day. And, you know, we're going to lighten it up a little bit. Um, yeah, that was a bit heavy, right? Oh, There's a lot of no. feelings, char oh, charged man. feelings in that. <laughs> but, you know, since it is Thanksgiving, and, and I think we've got the, the perfect follow-up, this song, Every Heartbeat, that we're, we're going to do next. Mm. But I think it's okay to say we're not actually here on Thanksgiving. We are with our families. But uh, we're recording about a, a week or so yeah. out. And where are you going to be on this Thanksgiving Day? I, Good question. We don't quite know. Uh, there's a hope that we're going to get to Vermont in time to... Yeah, we'll, we'll be in Vermont. We'll be in Vermont. For Thanksgiving. But there was... We'll be, we'll be with family. We were wanting to uh, have dinner with William Shatner tonight. <laughs> yeah, that was a possibility. That Trek Conderoga. Uh, I don't know if you know this about us, but we are um, Trekkies. Star Trek original series. Nerds. That's one of the things we bonded over. Uh, turns out that there's a, an incredible um, piece of property just an hour from my house in Vermont that was put together by a gentleman who had the means and the will to completely rebuild the Starship Enterprise. Top yeah, the the filming set. It's a recreation the of the uh, of the original filming set for the original Star Trek series. And um, so, nerds <laughs> like us love to gather together. Yeah. And and Shatner, William Shatner, Bill Shatner, has uh, become aware of uh -huh. it, and it's his new little favorite haunt. So he likes to hang out there. And how long have you known William Shatner? <laughs> Since my birthday, Eric yeah. brought me there for my birthday last year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, I have so, to ask the question because he's put out a couple of records. I've, I'm dying to make a record with him. Yeah, no, and some of some of the mutual acquaintances are trying to set that up. So there so. is a is chance, Mr. Mr. Tambourine Man. Mr. Yeah. Tambourine Man! <laughs> and by the way, at the last thing that we did, <sighs> um, Bill is, became aware that she's a singer, and at the end of this big group discussion he about stuff, he said, "Well, why don't you sing us out?" Uh -huh. You know, and so she sang the Star Trek theme. Uh incredible it was so much fun yeah. and it, it it is something that it charges you up it that feeds my soul it certainly feeds our family soul it's a, a part of our family tradition is is watching star trek the original series just saying and um, what better intro into this next track yes. from grace potter um, you <laughs> introduce this this song which is included on the new album daylight yes every heartbeat is a, a song to me that I only could write after I had written all of the, the difficult songs for this record. There was a lot of breakup songs. There was a lot of angry songs. There was a lot of just meditative prayers and, and songs that were still searching for a resolution. Um, this song was the first one I wrote where I just thought to myself, and I think I said aloud that day, I'm allowed to be happy. I'm allowed to enjoy the beautiful life that we fought so hard to create for ourselves. And I'm so grateful to have been through what I've been through so that, so that I can enjoy every single moment that I get to be with these amazing people, my son, Sagan, and my amazing husband, Eric. So this is a, it's a very family-oriented um, song and, and more tender and vulnerable than what I usually would do with a rock song. So I'm, I'm referring to it probably ungraciously as mom rock <laughs> i can do that because it's thanksgiving uh -huh. but otherwise let's just file it away as a rock song and i always like to go on record as saying 
if it is mom rock, it's the coolest mom rock ever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let it rip. It's Grace Potter live on WRNR. Every song I sing Sounds like I'm calling to you I'm falling harder day by day And every word you speak Doubts that linger in me Begin to slowly fade away I'm hoping that the morning's gonna make it here on time Cause I can't wait to find you by my side I can feel you and you can feel me And I fall deeper with every heartbeat And when you call me I come running I fall deeper with every heartbeat I fall deeper
1031 WRNR. Grace Potter is live in the studio. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for having us here. Yes, thanks for being here. Eric Valentine is here. Um, you mentioned your son's name is Sagan as you went into that song. Yes. And now knowing that you're Trekkies yeah. uh, and self-proclaimed nerds, is that because of Carl Sagan? Was yes, it is. It is. Yes, and we, we also had the, the amazing honor of meeting Carl's son, we actually shared a dressing room with him. Yeah, yeah, and let, and let him know that, uh, yeah, and, and Sagan was there, and let him know that, uh, you know. That that was the namesake. His wow. last name was uh, our son's uh, We have namesake. a photo with him, and, and Nick Sagan was, is the young boy's voice on the Voyager record that is now outside of our solar system, <laughs> which, and has been for a while now, but if and when any other life forms, intelligent or beyond conscious, mm-hmm come in contact with this golden record, they will hear a young, I think six-year-old Nick Sagan saying, greetings from the children of planet Earth. Oh, that's, that's yeah, awesome. it's incredible. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So, Grace, you are um, uh, about to embark on an extensive tour early next year. starts in January in Charlotte, I think, and um, yep. Stops at the Anthem in Washington, D.C. on January 25th. I'm so excited about that. I haven't played there yet, and I'm really excited to. It's a nice room. It's uh, been around for about a year and a half now. Yeah, it's new. So many new things since I've been gone. I mean, how many times did the Nocturnals play the 930 Club? Oh, I made a habit of it. In fact, the last time we played there, it was just, it was for midnight. It was was just my, my new band. And we had to cancel because it got snowed out. Um, this was a crazy snowstorm in 2015. And then we rescheduled it. And it had originally been three nights. We did four nights at the 930 Club, all sold out. That's how much I love D.C. I love your, this community of people have been so welcoming to me. And it, 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 it does kind of feel like a secondary hometown. I think the crowds are bigger and louder and crazier here than Anywhere I've ever been. Four nights at the 930 Club. That's a lot of cupcakes to consume. I know. And you know I did. <laughs> I wasn't pregnant then, though. But Oh, no. but you know what? And the socks, the 930 Club socks. which That's you right. Yeah. I wear. love those socks. Yes, they're really good. Uh, we're going to go out with one more track from this uh, album. And you're so generous to come in and, and play these songs live in our studio. I'm what, happy what a, to. What a treat. And... Um, this song, Repossession, mm-hmm. uh, kind of made me want to like go walking after midnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I really fell in love with country and Western music through a strange filter because I grew up in Vermont and music, there is no one sort of pillar of music that Vermont is known for. I mean, you could say maybe that you'd picture folk music Uh, and singer-songwriter stuff, but what is that? What is that? The root of my inspiration, not just for this song, but really for my whole career, has been to be an empowered person who can sing and say anything I want by sometimes veiling the meanest messages through the sweetest productions or sweetest performances, you know. And Patsy Cline could do that and be broken at the same time. Emmylou Harris. There's so many. Oh, I, and Loretta Lynn, uh, who who's always inspired me. Uh, and then later, Mary Ford, when I, I started going through Les Paul's 
records and I realized um, that this, this person had such a huge role to play in, in Les Paul's life, um, I really fell in love with it. So we'd been listening to a lot of uh, AM radio. We were actually on a road trip when we wrote this song. We were going through the, the process of moving things out of houses, as you will do when there's tumultuous upheavals and drama. And um, I really thought, how, how wonderful, what an opportunity to take the, the theatrical and somewhat saccharine um, production of these beautiful classic country songs that we've been listening to and really eating up and sending a message that is what I, I can't really think of any other word than nasty. Yeah. <laughs> quite a nasty yeah. message, yeah, these, and, you know. These, these lyrics are a sharp knife, for sure. You're a sharp knife. Yeah, I know. <sighs> well, we will uh, we'll go out with this one and uh, <laughs> wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving, and thank you again for coming by. And, Hope you uh, use your sharp knives for turkey. And yeah. <laughs> um, it's Grace Potter, and thank you, Eric. And Thanks for having us. Called... Repossession on 1031 RNR. Here we go. Are we rolling, Bob? 30 big brown boxes lined up by the door. 30 years of my life that you can't claim no more. So now you watch them tumble down Your pretty house of cards This is my repossession Possession of my heart You say that I threw it all away for nothing You carry on and say I'm just a fool You say in a month or two I'll call you crying Well don't hold your breath The phone won't ring for you I'm through with the endless fights and restless nights beside you I'm keeping the love inside my heart for someone
loves you Grace Potter and Eric Valentine's session with Bob Waugh in the WRNR studios was engineered, recorded, and produced by Rob Tim. And that's our podcast for this week. Get more exclusive content from the RN archives on demand at WRNR.com. I'm Bob Waugh. Thanks for listening.